Hello, my name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Huga in the Early Years, which is an international hub for supporting early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating a perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your well-being and self-care. So welcome to my podcast today. It's been such a long time since I've recorded any episode. So I'm going to begin by giving you a little bit of an update on how things are with me, what's going on in my world. Um, and then I'm going to dive straight into um, this series of podcasts, which is all about my latest book, which is Bringing Huga into the Early Years. And over the next few episodes, we're actually going to have a little bit of a look at my book. I'm going to talk you through some of the different sections of it. And there's going to be some sharing of activities and ideas from the book, which will help to support your well-being and your early years practice. Now, just a little bit of a disclaimer before we get stuck in. This podcast is going to be um, very sort of raw. It's not going to be edited. And basically that's because I have just had a baby two weeks ago and I'm really keen to um, keep sharing everything around Huga with you but I'm also very keen on making sure I have a good balance with my new family life and just my own well-being and self-care as well so I want to do this um, for you but there will be no editing so it's very much what you hear is what's going on in my life right now and Currently, as I speak, my little baby Oliver is fast asleep at the side of me. So you might hear some little baby grumbles. Um, he might start crying, but hopefully not. Um, so yeah, let, let's get stick in. So yeah, for the last year or so, I haven't actually published any podcast episodes. I've been busy writing my brand new book, Bringing Hugo into the Early Years for Rootledge. And that's taken up a big chunk of my time. I've also been growing a baby. So um, yeah, it's been very exciting here. And um, I now feel like now is a good time to come back to the podcast. I've actually had quite a few messages from many of you recently just saying that you love the podcast. You've been listening back to my old episodes. And when will I be bringing some new episodes out again? So here you go. Now, as I share this next series of podcast episodes around my book, you might find it helpful to have it in front of you and we can work through it together. The book has been written very much in a workbook style sense. So it's there for you to use as a little bit of a reference, as a document to support your well-being and your early years practice. And there's lots of activities as you work your way through it and space to write and reflect on all of your practice as well. So if you want to follow along, if you've got a copy of the book, that would be great. Um, if you've not got a copy of the book, maybe you're here and you're intrigued by it um, and you want to know if it's for you or not, um, feel free to just make some notes as you listen along. You can always pause it and come back to it. And if at the end you decide you'd like to purchase my book, uh, that would be wonderful. And it's available through Rootledge Publishers directly. Or you can purchase from any of the major bookstores, Waterstones, WH Smiths. Um, it's available on Amazon Prime as well. And it is available internationally too. 
I know we've got lots of listeners based all around the world. So people listening in Canada, people in Dubai, we've got a good audience in India and China and in England as well. So there you go. That's how you can get hold of the book. So I'm going to start by opening up the book and going straight to page number one, which is an introduction. This is where you can find out about me and a little bit about my journey and what Huga means to me. So for me, I'm Kimberly. I am a lover of spending time in nature and I really do find joy in seasonal living. I'm also an early years teacher, leader, and I'm founder of the Hugo in the Early Years movement. So this book that I'm talking to you about today, it goes alongside my signature training, the Hugo in the Early Years accreditation, where I help early educators become the creator of a calmer and happy approach to their teaching and personal life. Now, how did it all begin for me? Well, in the early days of my teaching career, Everything used to be at such a fast pace. I'd just be rushing from one thing to the next, feeling as though I was never really getting to know the children. I'd often be having a lunch day with the laminator as I quickly tried to make some new resources ready to go out in my provision. And I felt that my provision probably ticked lots of boxes. Um, being in a school, it ticked like a literacy coordinator's box of having the correct posters and displays up. But actually, it didn't meet my children's needs. When I really unpicked what they needed, I felt that it didn't really do that so well. I used to spend my evenings and weekends doing endless amounts of paperwork, which again had very little impact on the children. And all of this was fueled by very little sleep, lots of sugary snacks and lots of caffeine, which we know isn't very good for us. I'd also be finding that I was feeling really torn. Um, I was often missing out on family moments, um, seeing friends, and just having to spend most of my time doing schoolwork because I was a bit of a perfectionist. I wanted to be the very best early years teacher, but all of that came at a sacrifice. And I found that my to-do list was just never ending. And Eventually, all of this started to build up on me and it left me feeling very drained, anxious and fed up. And when Sunday afternoons arrived, I'd start to feel like a tightening in my chest about the week ahead. And knowing that as soon as my alarm went off on that Monday morning, that I would just be on that hamster wheel trying to keep up with everything. So that's where I was. Um, and then things started to change for me after spending a summer traveling around Scandinavia with my Norwegian friend Rungnil and spending time with her family. So really just living like a local, um, not as a tourist. And I became very much aware of the Danish secret to improved well-being and happiness, which they refer to as Huga. And I started to see that the way of living in Scandinavia was so much slower. People consciously made time for their family, for their hobbies and their interests on evenings and weekends. And when people were at work, they worked very hard, but they were very efficient with their time. And I began to think, oh, I'm sure there's things here that I could learn and apply into my personal life as well. 
I also liked the fact that when I was having breakfast with Romnil's family, they had work, um, but they weren't rushing their breakfast. They really just took their time and we would chat about our days ahead. We would be pouring coffee. We'd have the Norwegian hand that would be delving in to get some uh, brown cheese and some crackers and some sardines. And it was just a really lovely social way to start the day, a really positive thing. I liked that they often took a pause in the day as well. So when we were out and about, there would just be a quietness to the day where we would just stop and appreciate those simple moments like walking through a woodland area and spotting some mushrooms and thinking, oh, we could forage those mushrooms and then we could cook something with them for our dinner this evening. Or it's that first cup of coffee on a morning that you just take time for to be really quiet and appreciative of it. And I think since becoming a mum in the last couple of weeks, gosh, I appreciate this even more now. And I appreciate that little bit of freedom with my time um, that I get before the baby wakes up um, and just being able to start my, my day in a really sort of quiet and calm way. So that was how I sort of came across Huga. And then during the next few weeks, months after returning, I wanted to learn even more about it. I became quite obsessed, really, reading about it, um, watching videos about it, and making more plans to go back and visit Scandinavia. So visiting um, the different countries at the different times of year, staying in different parts, and just really soaking up life there. And as this was like an ongoing journey for myself, I started to embed many of the things that I was learning into my own personal life. And I decided that I needed to invest more in creating a better diet for myself, one that would give me energy and not just that was fueled on caffeine and sugar. I made sure that we had breakfast together every morning and really set up right for the day instead of just grabbing a sugary cereal bar on the way into work. And I started organising my goals, my to-do list in a different way too, so that I could be more efficient with my time. And so that while I was in work, I worked hard, but then my evenings were spent doing things with those that I loved and, and people that were precious to me. I was also very much inspired by the Scandinavian interiors, the coziness, the calmness, the way they brought nature inside their homes. And I started to have um, a bit of a Scandinavian influence then on the interiors in our home. And people that would come and visit would say, gosh, it feels so calm in here. It's so lovely the way that you've got lots of plants, that you've brought nature into your home. I also thought about my daily routine and realised that often, and especially in the wintertime, I wasn't spending any time in nature, um, which was such a shame because it was something that I really did enjoy, but I'd sort of lost, lost time for, for making the opportunity to spend time in it. So I decided that I needed to do a daily walk. 
I wanted to get back out in my garden and take joy in planting things and enjoying what each season brought. And all of this had a really positive impact on my well-being. And I started to share this with the team that I was working with at the time as well. And they started adopting many of the principles that I had. And they felt happier, healthier, calmer, less stressed, less overwhelmed. And then we decided to think, right, if this can have the sort of impact here on us, imagine what it can do for the children. Imagine how Huga can make them feel. So we started exploring how we could make changes to our learning environments, make it calmer. We thought about our daily routine and slowing it down, making our planning more relevant. Um, more full of joy for the children that we had so it was child-led and spending more time outside and in nature and being inspired by the Scandinavian forest schools too and all of these not only impacted on the well-being and, and involvement of our children which is what we wanted but it also helped us to um, have better end of year data our children were more ready to go into the next phase of learning and we just felt like things had gone really really well that first year that we'd made all these changes so we carried on with it and we made more and more changes and kept rolling with the Huga theme year on year and we just felt such a positive impact that we were then in a position where we could start to share our journey with the schools and earlier settings in our locality and then very quickly the word sort of caught on about Huga and the impact it could have and before I knew it we were able to work with educators that were uh, based all around England and then eventually I was able to go to places like America and Canada and support early year settings there and bring Huga into their practice. So it really is quite contagious once you start to get a feel for it and I hope that with what I can share with you about our our Huga journey, the book that I've written, will help you to feel calmer and happier and for your children to experience that as well. So in my book, it's split up into four separate parts. We've got the first section, which is all about rebalancing you. So you as the educator, you as a team around the child, it's what you can do to support your well-being. It's discovering what Huga feels like for you. Then section two is all about creating that Huga environment in your home and in your learning space. And then the third section is about slowing down your teaching. So stepping off that hamster wheel and making your planning really relevant for your children. It's talking about how you can get your excitement back for spending time with the children because it's just so much fun. Um, and then the last section is all about embracing nature. So embracing it in your daily routine and also using nature as part of your teaching and learning opportunities that you offer as well. So in our podcast episode today, we're going to go to section one and we're going to look at how Huga supports you. So I'm going to go to page number 12. What is Huga. So for those of you that 
don't know what I'm talking about, that you don't know what Hugo is. Hugo is the Danish approach to living well that focuses on being in the moment and embracing the feelings of warmth, simplicity and connection. And the first time this term was ever sort of um, written about or spoken about was in the early 1800s. And it was referred to originate from the word hug. So you can kind of see that in the way the word uh, sounds and in the way the word looks. Now, Mike Viking, who I've had the pleasure of working with, he is author of The Little Book of Huga and also the founder of the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen, which can I just add, I'm going to in July this year and I am so excited, I can't wait. Um, and I'm sure I'll be able to report back lots on, on my trip and journey there. Um, but he tells us in his book that there are 10 principles that we must consider when we're thinking about Huga. So these are atmosphere, presence, pleasure, equality, togetherness, gratitude, harmony, truce, comfort and shelter. And if we're thinking about what these principles look like in practice, in the book I talk about these as being atmosphere, which is all about creating a calm vibe, presence, so it's not about being on your phone all the time, but really living in that moment. And I think that's important to think about the seasons as well. I can be guilty of thinking, oh, I can't wait till it's Christmas. I can't wait till it's spring. But actually, we need to remember to live in this current season and appreciate the joys of it and not be in such a hurry to rush on to the next thing. Uh, the next principle would be pleasure. So it should be fun, enjoyable and bring great happiness. Equality. So no one is better than anyone else. Togetherness, so it's all about spending time with people that you care about and those that make you smile. Then gratitude, so take time to reflect on what you're grateful for. Harmony, so life is not a competition. I think this fits in really well with the equality one. Then we've got truce, so there's no need for any arguments. We want to stay calm. Comfort, so, you know, be relaxed, wear comfy, fluffy socks, feel coziness. And then lastly, we've got shelter. So your home is important. Your home is your place, hopefully, where you feel um, your best, where you can just tune into being you. So Huga is a very multisensory experience and it's going to feel different for each and every one of us. So things that make me feel Huga and light me up are going to be different to the things that you feel are Huga and light you up. And it's important that we spend some time now discovering what those moments actually are. Now, I read, oh, in um, a fantastic book, which is all about self-care for new mums, a good exercise that you can do, especially as a new mum, but you could do this as well, about making a list of everything that you enjoy. Now, from a new mum point of view, you can then use this list as a bit of a reference tool so that if you've got somebody that comes around to your house and offers to help or do something for you for a few hours or maybe take the baby for a walk you can think right how can I use this time in a really effective way and you can consult your list and think oh 
I love having baths. I'm going to spend the next half an hour while my visitor's looking after the baby. and I'm going to have a really lovely bath. Or I love being in the garden, but since the baby's come along, I've not had any chance to be there and do any planting. So for the next hour, while someone's out walking with the baby, I'm going to do some gardening. And this same principle can be applied into your day. So thinking about what really lights you up, the sort of things that you enjoy doing, making a list of these and then trying to build opportunities for them into your lunch times, your evenings, your weekends, and having them there as a little bit of a reminder. So maybe you could pause the podcast now and you could have a little go at making a list. And when you're ready, you can press play again, because the next thing I want you to do is to consider each of your senses. So, as I said, Hugo is a very multi-sensory approach to living well, and it involves seeing Hugo, feeling Hugo, smelling Hugo, tasting Hugo. And I want to spend some time now thinking about what each of those might feel and look like. So, for example, seeing Hugo, it could be taking that time to appreciate the shaft of sunlight hitting the coffee table as you sip your morning cup of tea. Or it could be the glittering reflections that you notice from the sun on a local lake that you go and visit. It could be about noticing a bird taking a dip in your bird bath in the garden. That's definitely one of mine. Um, I love making breakfast on the morning and as I'm waiting for my toast to pop up or the kettle to boil, I'll just look out of, of my window and I love seeing the birds splashing around or going to the bird feeder. It really does bring me so much joy and it's a time of being present. Okay, feeling hygge. So it's that comforting weight maybe of a cat sat on your knee. Um, it could be the warmth that a hot water bottle gives you as you're snuggled up watching your favourite TV episode. It could be the feel of the sun on your skin as you take a daily walk. Smelling hygge next. How about the aroma of the bluebells after a rainstorm? Uh, that nostalgic smell and old English tea rose that's growing in your garden. They always remind me of my grandma and the times that we spent together gardening. Maybe it could be the smell of the rain as it hits the dry ground in the summer. Have a think of what it could be for you. And then we've got tasting hygge. So there's lots of things as a foodie here that I could put down for tasting hygge. But I think one of them for me has to be freshly baked scones with jam and cream and the smell in the kitchen and the taste and just having them with a lovely cup of Yorkshire tea. Um, or it could be a glass of some freshly squeezed orange juice to start your day. But have a think, it's really worthwhile tuning into your different senses and thinking about what hygge is around these. Okay, so there we go for podcast episode number one of my book study, Bringing Hygge into Early Years. So we've started on the first section of my book, which is all about rebalancing you. And I've talked to you a little bit about my journey, but then we've started to unpick 
what Huga is and how you can find what's unique to you with Huga, what lights you up. So have a go at doing those exercises. And if you found this first episode really interesting, which I do hope you have, I'd love it if you could come back and join me next week where we will carry on unpicking the book. We will stay in our rebalance section and we will look at our next theme. And if you know anyone that you think might really benefit from Huga, do share this podcast episode with them. It'd be lovely to have some more people join our Huga community. And for all other information, um, you can see my blog, you can see some of my short courses that I do over on my website, which is www.whogettingtheearlyyears.co.uk. Okay, well, I'm going to head off now. Me and little Oliver will be doing some sensory play when he wakes up, which will probably be quite soon. And in the meantime, I'm going to slowly cup, uh, slowly cup, slowly sip my cup of Yorkshire tea. And I might even have a biscuit to dip in it as well. Okay, we'll have a lovely week. Enjoy your weekend and take care. Bye.